Madtown's 93.1 Jams, Black History Month, community and cultural awareness. I'm excited to sit down today and learn about a new business that I just stumbled upon, QB's Magnetic Creations. Judy McNeil, how are you? I am doing well. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Magnetic jewelry is is kind of a different concept, I think, to a lot of people. How, really did, you, how did you get to this? Well, I got to this by just by, you know, um, creating something for myself back many years ago. I did not like the alternatives out there, you know, the badge reel and the lanyard. So I had this magnetic piece that I made to wear my name badge. It's what's up, uplifted me. I absolutely love the look of it, you know, so Apparently other people did too, because they started asking me, where did I get it? And when I did the research and I couldn't find uh, any place online to point them to, then I figured, you know, well, maybe this is something I can do. So that's where it originated. It wasn't like I made the product and then decided to sell it. I made it for myself and it gained the interest of uh, so many of my coworkers and different people. So that's where I started. And when, when you come into like the corporate sector and a lot of places where you have to wear a name badge, it's, it's a clip on clear, pretty standard, uniform, yeah. pretty boring thing. So this is a nice, unique way to stand out and, and be stylish. Yes, absolutely. Um, because, you know, I, I, I still say when I started at that company, if they would have provided me with uh, the three alternatives, the lanyard, the badge reel, and just a sleek magnetic piece with their logo or something, just something cool to wear my badge, I probably wouldn't be where I am today. So thankfully, that alternative didn't exist. So I kind of felt like, you know, there's a void that's been left over. How ca- open? How can I fill it? So that's, you know, that's where it all started. But started with the magnetic name badge holder, but then I started selling my product. The interest was still there because it took me from idea to creation a couple of years because I had to put a lot of things in, in, in and um, get all my ducks in a row. About, you know, how am I going to, you know, dealing with supplier, just a lot of different moving pieces. So once I did that, you know, a couple of years went by and I had um, set up my booth, had a display. I even had to create uh, display boards to display my jewelry because there was nothing readily available for magnetic jewelry. This is just how new it was. So once I started uh, selling it, you know, set up my booth, the interest was still there. It was great. But what I found out uh, over the, you know, months of selling my product that, my customers gave me more ideas because they'd ask me, you know, why well, don't wear a badge? So, you know, can it do this or that? And I'm like, sure, I can take off the clip at charms. And so what I started doing then was making the magnetic brooch. From there came the magnetic jewelry string, which can do so many different things. That was just a thought that I had in the middle of the night. I was thinking, you know, I got jewelry, there's magnets on both ends. I can use that on cardigans, boots, hats, jackets, anywhere. So that was my idea. And I remember the next day, you know, just kind of um, putting it together and I took them out with me the next weekend and they were just gone. So it just kind of blossomed, but it was really about listening to the feedback of uh, the customers, the people that were out there. They look amazing. Your your magnetic jewelry, it's classy, it's bold, it's unique. You've taken a, a simple magnet and added style to, you know, to something that nobody ever would have thought of. And and I like that. When I looked at the, the string, what was uh-huh. it? The mag, the jewelry string? Yes. I really liked it. I saw the, the video on your website with the blue one with, I think, little rhinestones on it. And, and then you used it to, to clasp your uh, sweater or shawl there like that looked mm-hmm. really transformative like you, you could see before and after a complete difference maker on the outfit yes absolutely 
And, you know, the thing about it is, is that having a product that the market isn't saturated with means that I have to really get myself out there in front of people. Because if you can imagine if when I'm in person, I'm able to show them what I have, because initially they just don't get it. I'm like, it's not just jewelry, it's just so much more. So I'm able to give them the demonstration of the magnetic badge holder, the magnetic brooch and the jewelry string, and they're just amazed. So now having to um, transition that in-person field to online is where I'm really trying to redesign my website now, because I really want when people come to it, that they get it, that they know that I have a product that really solves their problem. Mm -hmm. I mean, it solves a problem of having limitations on badge holders of using brooches that are, you know, pins that damage your clothing, um, having a jewelry string that keeps your cardigan in place, or you can just jazz up your boots jacket and all of that. So I solve a lot of problems. But initially, because it's so new, people don't really get it. So that's where it's good talking about it. And I'm so glad that you mentioned about my website and what you saw. It's like, you know, I just want people to really get it because I love what I do. I loved your website. So the fact that you're working on it and trying to give it a personal feel, I can attest that it's there. Like when I look at the jewelry, the, the pictures look right. And and it just, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to find. The layout's there. Nothing's too difficult. And it's informative. Like you can get you. a lot of information really Thank easy. You. I didn't have to dig real quick. Do you want to throw out the website? address for anybody that's listening? Yes, the web address is uh, QB quarterback QBSID.com. So it's QBSID.com. That is my website. So I was also interested in the story part of your website where the name QB came from and seeing that this is basically kind of transformed, you know, whatever, whatever you were going to do, you were going to use this name in instilling the values from your mother and your family. Oh, yes, that you know what, in all that I do, that is one of the best topics, the best question that I usually get when people say, well, what does QBs mean? Uh, QBs mean, um, or why the name QBs? That is my mother's name, like you said, right? And her name is actually spelled Q-U-B-I-E. So it's abbreviated, QBs Magnetic Creations. And again, no matter what business I was going to have was always going to be named QBs, because that's how I stay grounded and focused. It keeps her memory alive. You know, people ask me, what does QB stand for when they are writing out a check or doing the credit card or whatever? Who do I make this out to? It's always QBs, QBs, QBs. And that was always my goal to, you know, keep her memory alive, to be able to create a business so that at some point, not not that I'm just making money, but I'm able to, that's important, right? But at the same time, how can I give back? Because that's who she was. That's how she lived her life. She was a giver. And so my way of dealing with the loss of my mom in 2003, you know, that's always difficult. It just was no, no surprise that no matter what I was going to do, it was always going to be named uh, QBs. You know, like I said, for me, it just adds so much meaning. So even when you mention that, it it just awakens so much, you know, within me. My passion is there. It's like everything is restored. Every day that that name is mentioned to me, it's something about it. It just awakens um, so much passion and drive and um, all of that. So I just love it. So thank you for asking. It was a pleasure to, to learn that on your website because I was kind of wondering when, when I saw your name and the business name come across, I'm like, okay, there's got to be something there to tie them back together. So th so it was it was cool. And, you know, the cultural aspect of, of our conversation, you wanted to talk about growing up in the South and moving to Wisconsin. So I imagine that, you know, your mother probably raised you in the South. 
she did. You know, my mother moved to uh, Wisconsin, Madison, Wisconsin in 1973. I was born um, in 67 uh, in the South. Little town just up right outside Wajorna, Arkansas. I mean, population. Actually, the town, we didn't live right in town. We were on the outskirts of town. So you can imagine we lived in this, you know, in this little green house. And I never will forget it. Just this little green house out on the hill. And there wasn't a lot of homes out there. This was home to us. I mean, I grew up, there was my grandmother, my grandfather, my mom and her siblings. And then, you know, I had uh, three brothers. When I think back on that, it's like going from that little green house, you know, a lot of people you know, don't realize that it wasn't that long ago that people lived in, in, in spaces where there was no indoor plumbing. You know, I remember the water pump outside. I, you know, remember um, the animals, my, my uncle that lived right next to us, he had a barn and some animals and different things like that. You know, I remember the foot tubs and the um, just all kinds of different things that, you know, just wasn't thinking about it, it just wasn't that long ago. So things were different. Um, but one of the things you find that during those times, as you can imagine, there were limitations, you know, as far as, you know, education or healthcare, uh, different things like that. You hear there was a lot of racism that existed in the South. So my mother having um, three sons and a daughter wanting something different, something better. And so what happened is ultimately, you know, like I said, that was home. I just remember, I'll, I'll, I'll share this with you because my goal is right now I live in a condominium. At some point, I'm hoping that I have a home that has a front porch, porch because for me, that's what I remember. I was, you know, like I said, I was born in 67. So back, this was like the, maybe like 70, 71, you know, on up until we moved here in 73. But I remember vividly being on that porch with my family. And that was the gathering place. And it was so full of love. We didn't have a whole lot, but we weren't missing anything that we knew of, right? So that was just awesome. I, I just remember even when my mother had some friends that had moved up here to Madison, I do recall her being gone for just about a month or so because she came up here to kind of check things out before for actually moving here. I just missed her so much. And eventually she came back and she got me and my brothers and she brought us here to Madison, Wisconsin. And we've been here ever since. Now it was in 73 that she brought us here to Madison, Wisconsin. But the first home bought in our family was when my grandmother and grandfather moved into town and bought a three bedroom, one bath house. Now, <laughs> I tell you, that's the, that is, you know, like I said, I could just go on and on. Family life in, in the South is different mm -hmm. than it is in the North. Like you were living in, in a home with two to four generations, people yep. right there constantly all the time. So like, like you said, you weren't missing anything you didn't know already because you had a lot more there. Yeah. That's, that's not something common in Madison. That's not a part of Wisconsin. No, not at all. And another thing. You know, I always wanted my mother to share her story. I wanted her to do a book, just just talk about her life in the South growing up, you know, as a teen, as a as a young person, because you have you seen that movie, The Help? Yes. OK, great movie. When I saw that movie, I was I was moved in so many different ways. But one of the things that moved me the most about that movie was the fact that on the flip side of that, you saw the maids and how they took care of, you know, the families and all of that. They had to leave their family behind and go and take care of other families. Right. Mm -hmm. On the flip side of it, that young lady that wasn't able to go to school and had to stay home and tend to the kids and take care of the home. That was my mother. So this happened a lot, you know, back in that day, because you figure my grandmother 
work for Mr. Lewis. She worked in their home, took care of their family. My granddad worked in Mr. Lewis's fields. He ran the tractor. And as kids, as the other ones grew up, they worked in the fields and all of that. So this is a, this has not been that long ago. So when I saw the help and I'm like, you know, on the flip side of that side was my mother and how so many other young black women and men, the things that they experienced in the South. So even though, you know, slavery didn't exist at that time, right? But in, they, in it, words, no, still, different. Yeah, yeah. You get what I'm saying, right? So even though they were free, they lived in the house that was on the land that was owned by the person that they worked for. My grandma worked for them. My grandfather worked for them. My mother had to stay home. I mean, her education, she's the smartest lady that you ever want to meet, but she could only go so far as stepping foot into schools because she was the one on the forefront having to take care of her younger siblings. I mean, imagine being eight, nine, and 10 years old and being able to, and, and knowing how to clean house or, or make a meal. That's un, That's unbelievable, isn't it? Today. Yeah. In, in a black household. 100 years ago, everyday life. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I remember the scrub boards. I remember, you know, her washing clothes and, the, and the, using that scrub board. And eventually, I remember we had a washer uh, that she was able to not have to wring those clothes out with her hands, but actually put it through these, it was a system like rollers. And she was able to put the wash through the rollers that ring it out, then she'd have to hang it out on the line to drop. But I'll tell anybody, let me I really want to share this with you. I take so much pride in as a business owner. And even as a business owner, I think that I am just so much more than just a business owner, right? Sometimes we get to talk about our businesses. And it's like, okay, well, there is me, I'm so much bigger than my business business. Yeah, right. But a lot of times what I do and along this journey, I learned so many different things and you know, having credit and I'll, I'll tell you why this is important. Because I remember the story of my mother sharing this with me, she said that once she got of age, and she was able to she was still taking care of her younger siblings, there were six of them at home, the two older boys had moved out. So she was taking care of her younger siblings. So when they had to go to school, she wanted to make sure they had adequate supplies, their clothes their shoes. She said one day a magazine came into to the house it was male and she actually wrote a letter to this company and told them her situation what she needed what she want you know and that she said you give me this and I will pay you and she made she sent that off and sure enough they extended credit to my mom she was able to get clothes and different things from this company that had this trust in her to pay that bill that's how she established credit so i take so much pride now to any business owner take pride in if you say your board is your bond you pay people and there's another thing that i'll share too because when we transitioned when we came up here to madison wisconsin you know we had to live with a couple people first until she was able to secure um, our own home we moved into to this little community called Bayview. You know where Bayview Townhouses is over? It's in the Triangle on South Park Street. Mm -hmm. And so that's where we got our three bedroom, two bath home. I remember me and my brothers moving into there. My mom, we didn't even have furniture in the house, but we were the happiest kids. It was a place of our own three bedrooms, two baths. That was like for us a mansion. I just remember us just freely running through the house because we were just so excited, you know? So it's been, it's been a journey, but everything that she did, she did for 
her kids. And she also took care of her compassion, who she was. She just, you know, um, you didn't, I, I, I don't ever remember a time just, you know, seeing my mom just on the couch, under the blanket, just chilling out. She'd watch stories, but she was not a couch potato. She was a table person. So when I even look, when I look at the table talks by, uh, what is it, Jada Smith, they have this uh, what's yeah. table talks. My mom is a whole different level. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like that format, but you get what I'm saying, right? Her main thing, she wasn't a living room person, couch person, her table. You know how many people in this world have come across QB's table and she was funny. She offered people meals. She gave them a roof over their head. Even when some of them, some people that came and went and we helped out, my mom helped out. I couldn't stand some of them or whatever, but I was a kid. (laughs) But she, that's just who she was. She would sing. She ministered to people, all of these things in our little home right there in Bayview. Now, when I, when I talk about, you know, uh, my business and all of that, this is why I say, you know, it means so much because at some point my goal is to scale and grow so that I can give back some way, even though now I still do. I have advocated for many different things, you know, whether it was issues as it pertains to prison, old law, inmates, all kinds of different things. I was on the forefront, you know, up at the Capitol, talking to the people, meeting in the governor's office, Department of Corrections, you name it. So I love helping people in just so many different ways. Because one of the things that she always allowed me to have was my voice, was my voice. You have to have that this day and age, especially, but yeah. growing up to, to learn that, I think that's something that's not taught enough now no. you know, and where it is taught, we can push it harder. Your, your voice is important. People need to know that you're okay or you're not okay. Yes. And you need to know where you stand. You have to know where you stand. I've always been of the mindset is that you don't let other people define who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I can, sh- I can tell you never listen to what someone else tell you about me. Cause I can tell you better than anybody else, you know, and that's just how I am. I mean, I just live by that. I mean, I love people, but I also know when to keep people at a distance, you have to know, you know, what's best for you. So there are so many values that she instilled in me growing up. It's with me every day. I can actually see that just, just in the intensity that you have and the emotion you have when you, when you talk about her. Another thing I took from your website, you said QB's values, your trust, caring, quality, integrity, and, and yep. creativity. I think that this is not just your, your business values. These are your values. These are the values your mother instilled in you. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And like I said, you know, on this journey, I didn't grow up with people in my family that own businesses and different things like that. So I had to find my way. I've been in many different in-person events, networking events, all kinds of things. I think that everything for me is I can take away, you know, even if I um, was part of an organization, I attended something. I was always listening because there's something to be learned no matter what it is. It may not have pertained exactly to my business because I make my own product. So a lot of the uh, of the roads that are, are paved are, are really not for people that make their own product, right? So when I would go to different things, I didn't tell you about how to deal with suppliers, how um, to don't always go online, negotiate that price, pick up the phone and call them because you can get a better deal. So I try to share those things with people. I try to tell them, don't get out there and just go to every networking event. Just be intentional about because it's about relationship building. Even when, like I told you, I was um, doing my in-person events, it's about an experience. It's not about me just, you know, I have a product, I want to sell my product, but it's about 
me giving my customers that experience, building that relationship with them, because that's powerful, which is why even on my, um, my social media, I don't have a lot going on outside of social media. I don't let it go on on there either. I mean, I'm very selective what I post and all of that. Not because, you know, I'm afraid of any back and forth with anybody. I just have to, you have to be in your business. You have to be careful. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just how it is. Well, you, you need to have that separation anyways, yeah. regardless. I, I mean, I own my own small business. Well, I've been a DJ for, for 20 years doing weddings and, and the, the music industry stuff, but I also own a soap business. So I do the same thing. And, you know, none of, none of these lanes are out here saying like, this is the way to go. You have to look at all the things that are out there and think like, how am I going to adapt this to my situation to make right. it work for me? And then it's trial and error. And you do a lot more wrong before you do the right to get to where you need to be so that the mountains that you have to climb as a small business owner are huge. When you add the fact that you're doing it as a person of color, as a black woman or as a black man, it makes Mm -hmm. it harder. I I just respect what you've been able to build for yourself. And yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. And one of the things I must tell you, too, because I I find that a lot of times I talk about, you know, like I said, I didn't have um, I was talking about the fact that I didn't have, you know, a lot of role models of people that I saw, you know, that own their own business and, you know, kind of, you know, um, learn from them. I've had to figure out a lot of things, you know, along the way. And I'm always willing to share that. I let people know that it's not just about me trying to sell you a product. There's knowledge that I can give you and make that road much smoother for you, I will do it, right? I started out filling that void for my direct customers, people that desire something different. But then I realized that there's a void left for companies and corporations as well. They need to up their game when it comes to promotional products, right? Because like I said, if they had provided me with a sleek magnetic name badge with their logo on it, I would have represented because I would have used it at work and actually... My product, you can use it to hold your name badge in it. And also the ring, you can put your glasses through it. So it's an eyeglass holder as well. So multifunctional. I've done um, a couple different designs for Wharf, magnetic pieces for them, the lapel pins. Because you figure with pins, you're having to, you know, I see them with they're on their jacket. You know, it's like you make that thing magnetic. You can put it anywhere. You can put it on your hat. It doesn't matter. You can do so much with it. And so I've done a couple different designs for Wharf. The mayor wanted something for her staff. So I got some customized pieces made for the mayor and they absolutely love them. So they have the magnetic uh, name badge holders. And then I've done two different designs since then for the city of Madison, because they had some anniversary pins they wanted for like 35th anniversary, 40th, whatever. So I was able to get that made for them. And then there was another committee of theirs uh, that I did a new style for them as well and just delivered it to them probably about a couple of weeks ago. My goal is to help companies enhance their brand, give whether it's employees or conferences or, con- or conventions. It's like give them something that they're going to use. They're not just going to take it and throw it in a drawer. You know, give them give some good quality stuff. No, it's a good innovative idea and, and a great way to, to not only just expand your business, and, and, but grow and set yourself up for the future because an everyday consumer is going to buy one, two, maybe five, 10. A company yes. could buy a hundred or a thousand. Exactly. Exactly. You're, you're building towards generational wealth and financial stability and things that, that, is, that, you, that is you overcome. Yes. And I tell people that no matter what it is that you're doing, whatever drives you, you have to know your why. You can't get lost in making the money. Now, your money is great, but it all still comes back to your why. Why are you doing this, right? 
because even though my my uh, my youngest uh, child, my son, who's now 20 years old, he was, you know, doing his own thing, his own business, not wanting, you know, to make the money and just, you know, they have so much energy and, and so many different things. And I asked him one day, what is your why? And he was able to tell me that, you know, to make money, to do this, to give back or something, because I had to know his mind wasn't just set on money, big houses and cars and all that. Everybody wants to live comfortably. But I think in this in this world, it comes down to what is your legacy? You know, what will I be remembered for? There's that saying that um, people will never forget how you made them feel. You know, I live by that. What can I do every day? I strive to do something for somebody because in this world, it's like, it's not just about me. All of us is all of us. And then there was one thing I really wanted to share with you as well. And it still ties back to how I function and operate as a business because I tell people that in this business, your word is your bond. If you say you're going to do something, do it. If you can't, let that be known as well. And when I was talking to you earlier about in the South, even when my mother wrote that letter and, um, you know, got that credit from, you know, that company. Well, that didn't change when she got here. I remember there's a little Italian store. It used to be an Italian store over on Regent Street. It was called De Salvos. I don't know how long you've been here, but it was a little Italian store. It's called De Salvos. The gentleman was an older Italian man. His name was Mr. De Salvo. I never will forget Mr. De Salvo. Absolutely loved him. It's like now it's uh, Buckingham's, I think, over there on Regent Street. It's no longer Mr. De Salvo's. Okay. But I share this with you because there were times when we lived right down the street from the store. Towards the end of the month, things would get a little bit tight for my mom because, like I said, she didn't just look out for just her kids. She was, you know, you figure when she raised her siblings in the South, when she came here, they didn't stay down there with grandma. Guess where they came to? They came where big sister was. So a lot of times we had, you know, different families in transition, you know, that was with us, loved them dearly. They stayed with us and she provided for all of us. So in those months, when the end of the month times get a little bit tough, I remember her sharing with me. She went to Mr. DeSalvo's and she let him know. She let him know her struggle. And when I, when I, when this comes, I'm going to be back and I'm going to pay you. So that's how she established that relationship with Mr. DeSalvo's. And he helped my mother and in her times of need. And it's things like that that you just don't forget. But what that did for me is that instill that value in me. I believe in um, my credit. I take great pride in it. And I'll tell anybody, man, you can do, um, if you keep your credit good, establish it, keep it up. It can do some very good things for you because I've been a witness to that. I definitely take pride in it. I don't let nobody mess with that. You know, so I tell people all the time that is key. You know, in a business, it really is key. Your word is your bond. And integrity, it absolutely just comes back to yeah. this core value from your mother instilled into you, instilled into your business that you're giving back to the community. Exactly. I think it's amazing. Judy, I really appreciate you sitting down and sharing your story with me today. Real quick, can you one more time throw out the information? How can QB's Magnetic Creations be found? Yes, absolutely. QB's Magnetic Creations can be found at qbsid.com. And if you ever want to know how to find me and you don't remember that, ask Siri or Alexa, where can I buy magnetic jewelry? They'll get you to where I am. Judy, this has been a great time. Oh, you, you just kicked on. <laughs> you heard me, so. <laughs>
That's no, really anyway, awesome. I think she'll be stopping soon. I didn't hear the last part. Alexa, turn off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's awesome. That I, I think that, that makes the that awesome. uh, 93 on Jams Black History Month Community and Cultural Awareness. Sitting down today with Judy McNeil, had a wonderful conversation about QB's magnetic creations and then just what it's like to grow up in the South and move to Wisconsin to come to the Midwest. Uh, Judy, it's been a really magnificent time. Thank you so much. You are welcome. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs>